I mean, they don't even respect me. I've been around for 60, you know, they look at me like I, I don't know shit, and I don't. So I think that's an interesting, so. So if you fuck up, she, 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 she does yeah, that out? she edits it out. Okay. Okay. But we don't ever, I don't ever edit anything. <laughs> fuck all the time. But. Are we recording right now? So what oh, yeah. are the do's and don'ts here? Anything? Or? Um, the only thing that is annoying is like tapping the table. Okay. Other than that, there is no don't. I mean, okay. you've listened to these episodes. There's no don't. Got it. So you can say anything you want. And she can fix things. You know, I, I have just fucked up tremendously a few times in the past. So she will go back and <laughs> fix it. She is a wizard. Okay. You know, about the, but, but, um, I mean, you can't really fuck up. Be candid about everything. Yeah, absolutely. As much Good. as you want to be. Okay. So, are we ready? You guys are recording. You ready over there? What's his name? Dylan. Dylan. All right, man. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> it's good to have you. I'm hoping I can get my son a job here one day. <coughs> so, hopefully. Are they paying you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. This is awesome. Jesus. Okay. And you're late your first day? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. We're going to talk about that, too. All right. Here we go. Hi, guys. This is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard. It is Friday, April 9th. Sun was shining. Not a bad start to the day. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks I've for having got, me. Uh, I've got John Falowich here with me today, um, Falowich Construction Services, and John is um, a recent sponsor to the podcast. I, I, I'm going to crack up if I say <laughs> this, but I sincerely appreciate it, man. Yeah. We, we appreciate your help and your support, and um, yeah, that's very exciting, so thank you. Yeah, we're happy to do it, man. We're it's a good deal, and and I'm excited to be a part of it. So. I appreciate that. I, I am too, and um, I've been looking forward to having you on the show just because I think the story is very interesting and very relatable. Um, you are a specialty contractor, Fallowich Construction Services is uh, well. You, you can tell everybody what you guys do, but you're, you're a small contractor, medium sized contractor here in Omaha. How would you describe yourselves? Yeah, I think we're one of the top. Two, three guys in town, maybe four guys. But mm -hmm. uh, and you yeah. do all sorts of stuff. But you are primarily, EFIS drywall, specialty ceilings, acoustical. Yep, yep. all that stuff. Do plaster and and uh, fireproofing and spray foam and and uh, some division ten stuff, doors and hardware, mm -hmm. things like that. So we've been known to do some other things, but it's all client uh, driven. Mm -hmm. that they want us to put in our contracts. So right, and you're diversifying too, man. Are you? in a position to talk about any of these new yeah yeah we're uh you know we we do i'm never i'm kind of a guy that just i don't stay still i guess and and uh so we're into real estate we got some real estate deals going on and and um development and then we also uh prefabrication right right you know you, you've been to our I shop i saw the now. new shop yeah it's yeah. fantastic yeah we're excited about that man we've been working on this for for probably oh probably seven years and uh you know, I, I didn't start out to do any of this stuff. It just it just <laughs> right. kind of happened on accident. You know, right. I just I didn't mean to to, to fall into any, any of this. But uh, you know, so we got that going on, and we're really excited about it. I think that's where the industry's going. Yeah. Um, and then of course you know we're dabbling in the the fitness side of things. Mm -hmm. so we got a gym going on. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just kind of started for uh, for myself, just so be selfish about you know what I wanted to do, and and that's exploded. So. That's to be exciting, honest with man. you, I didn't mean to do any of this. It right. just kind of happened, you know. Right. So it's been that's, good. That's an interesting story just in and of itself. And I'd kind of like to talk the creation of the company. Um, you just started this basically by yourself, right? I mean, yeah. you were in the trade. I was in the trades, yep. And then just 
one day just said, I, I can do this? Or how, how did that come about? Man. Frustration? <laughs> uh, entrepreneurship? I mean, just you had, I mean. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, just as a kid, you know, I didn't go to college. And I, I you know, I think Bless I got, you. yeah. <laughs> I got voted most likely to skip a class in, co- in, in <laughs> right. high school. Right. I barely went to school. That's just, I just, you know, I, I ended up quitting school at some point in my junior and then went back. But, uh, you know, I picked up my diploma from uh, the day after summer school. I had to go to summer school mm-hmm. to get my diploma. And, and uh, you know, but I like to work. You know, I really, I, I enjoyed working with my hands and enjoyed working. It kept me good mentally, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I worked at a very young age. I started working in construction at, you know, 16, 17. Uh, worked at Wilson Concrete back in the day and poured concrete and tied rods and and uh then I went to uh Lackawanna Leather oh you're shitting me no man you worked at Lackawanna at that place oh I inspected (laughs) that place a few times oh man I'll tell you man my career in the beginning has been let's work at all the places you don't want to work at yeah you know and uh those guys I don't think it's there anymore but those guys there was a wet side and a dry side Mm -hmm. and man those guys worked and uh you know, they would work 10, 12-hour shifts, and, and I had so much respect for those guys. And those are the kind of the neighborhoods I grew up in anyway, right. you know, just right. kind of the low-income housing-type uh, areas. And, and so from there, you know, I went into the trades. And my dad was a tradesman. My grandfather was a tradesman oh, okay. in yeah. Chicago, and, and uh, they were both uh, uh, tinsmen. And, and so uh, my dad was always like, get a trade, get a trade. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, as a kid, why would I want to get a trade, you know? But uh, – Ended up at in the carpenters, and I was going to be an iron worker. And uh, you kind of look like you could have been an iron worker, man. <laughs> You're built like an iron worker. I, yeah, I loved it. I loved the iron work. I like I like to you know I like heights and mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff. And and uh, but uh, you know what made my decision to come into the carpenters union was uh, you know I couldn't do iron work on the side. Mm-hmm. You know, couldn't make money. And right, you know, I started a family. I was young, 19 years old, and and uh, by the time I was 25, I'd had a couple of kids and. And uh, so I went in the carpentry world and, and did that. And, um, you know, I was a third or fourth year apprentice and I started doing a lot of side jobs. And, and uh, you know, I told my wife at the time, I said, hey, listen, I'd like to do this on my own, you know, because um, I didn't really feel like I was doing a good job for either one. I was working at work, you know, I was running work at the time and then and then go at work after work. And uh, so I just started doing it and I picked up this uh my first job, commercial job, was a little gas station off of 15th and Cornhusker. It was like a mm-hmm. $35,000 contract. Fantastic, which <laughs> seemed like a fortune. Yeah, I was like, you know, so I kept pestering this guy about giving me an opportunity, and he did. And, and I was working at this company at the time, and, and uh, they said, uh, well, we'll give you a dollar more an hour. And I was like, no, I'm good, you know, appreciate everything you've done for me. But uh, so I did that, and then I, here I am. I borrowed 2500 bucks from my mother-in-law at the time and oh, said – Let's, you know, let's do this. And my wife, yeah. she was, you know, she's pregnant and had a kid and, you know, so she was a little, uh, I've seen that look in my wife's <laughs> eyes before too, man. You're what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, oh my God. Yeah. So we did that, man. And it, uh, you know, I started out and it was just me, you know, mm-hmm. I bought an old pickup from my brother and, and, uh, just bought some tools and that's incredible. Just man. did it. You know, I gotta be honest. I love that story. And you know my history a little bit. I spent a long time with OSHA, and it's interesting because as an OSHA guy, I never really appreciated much about the businesses that I was involved with, either inspecting or working with. You know, I mean, it was very mechanical, you know, the process. Um, now that I've been on 
on the outside, now that I have my own business, um, I am fascinated by that that story, that creation story, what drives people to start their own businesses or do their own thing. I never had much of an entrepreneurial spirit about me. I was always just tell me what to do guy. Um, so I came to this very late. People that, have, that, have, that are able to do this at a young age just fascinate me. I think it's incredible, man. I, you know, I commend you because you have turned this into a fantastic business for your family and many other families. Yeah. Yeah, that's remarkable. Yeah, we're blessed, and of course, we've had some luck along the way, and some good people, and and uh, you know, I think you know one of the things I've done, what I did when I was uh, first started, I met with, uh, I was reading the newspaper, right, and there was an article in there about John Lund, mm-hmm. and um, he was talking about this deal that, don't quote me, but I think it was Fuccinero mm-hmm. gave him a break or something, and uh, I was like, all right, I'm gonna call this guy. Uh-huh. And uh, so I reached out, and I'm like, hey, I'm calling for John Lund, and, and, you know, I wanted to talk with him and see if he's got a few minutes, you know, to work with me. And uh, so I just said, screw it, man. I'm going to call this dude. And uh, I called him up, and here I am. You know, he's this real estate guy. And uh, Oh, yeah, big shot. I, I think I did his offices at the time. I was working for someone else. I remodeled his office or something. And, and so I'm sitting there, and then there's this other guy with him, and, and he pulls, I don't know, his vice president or whatever, and I'm just like, hey, listen, I was reading this article in the paper. Somebody gave you an opportunity. I'm just looking for an opportunity, you know. And, and, uh, and then that fell into me doing some work for Lund and some, some remodel stuff. So, it, you know, I, I did some stuff, and, and uh, you know, it got me That's more cool. work. Yeah. You know, but I didn't That's care. Cool. You know, who gives yeah. a shit, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic, man. And, you know, that's interesting that you say that because I have one of my sons, the one that you know, who's a friend of one of your sons, is the same way. I mean, he, when he sees, he, he sees opportunities like that, he will reach out to people that you would think would be just untouchable, make contact with them either through some social media or some kind of a text or email, however they do it. I don't even know how they do it, but these people will often respond to him. Mm-hmm. And give him advice or give him opportunity, whatever. I think it's just fascinating. I never had the guts to do anything like that. You know, it's interesting. When, when I hear that, it's like we're all people, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Unless you've been, you know, gifted everything. We all, we're all human. We all have the same emotions. And so I think part of at least the people I surround myself with, they're always willing to help. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the struggle with people wanting to help is the time. Right. Yeah, you sure. get you get to a point where you, you don't have time. And so right. you want to do it. But I think that, you know, if somebody approached me and I knew that they were like legit, I'd spend time with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I've done that with a lot of people. That's cool. I mean, you talk about we talked about Sharon earlier mm-hmm. and I reached out to him. I mean, yeah, I was like, hey, man, you know, I'd like to train with you and do these mm-hmm. different things. And, you know, at the time he was training and he was, you know, kind of a big yeah. shot, I guess. Yeah. And and uh but what do you got to lose, really? Right. You know, it's like. That's a great point, you man. Know, so I, I would encourage anybody from that standpoint that, that is young to just reach out. Right. Well, that is ultimately the point of this podcast was just to give back some information that we have been fortunate enough to acquire either through trial and error or because of the graciousness of someone else. And yeah. now, you know, we're kind of in that position where we can give that back and. And so I think it appeals to a number of perhaps people that are new to the trade or the craft <laughs> or the safety profession, whatever. Uh, that was the intent. That was the sole intent of this was just to give something back. And I think that's a very important message, man. So, yeah, yeah. It's I interesting. Mean, 
So you and I actually met. I was on an OSHA team, a VPP team. For those of you that don't know what VPP is, the OSHA Voluntary Protection Program, which is kind of a recognition program for outstanding achievement in safety and health programs. I mean, it's, it's a, it is definitely a very elite group of companies, very select companies that have demonstrated, you know, uh, outstanding implement, implementation of safety programs. And so I was on a team with OSHA, and Fellowage Construction had applied and been accepted into the VPP. We, we came out and did an audit of your facility and, yeah. you know, crawled through your closets and under the tables. Took and, my you pants know, down. All of those things. Yep. It's brutal. You know, it really is a very challenging experience. But I think you were, if not the first, one of the first – uh, subcontractors in the state of Nebraska that was ac- accepted into that program. It was really yeah. quite a remarkable achievement. So what I would like to know from you is, how do you go from a guy working out of the back of your pickup to a company that values safety that much? Is that uh, just the na- your nature, just your? So I think I think uh, it is my nature, and I think it's about the you know for me it's about the people and. Um, you know, I was working for companies in the past and, and some really good at safety and some not, you know, um, some that you would get, uh, a guy you'd never see again, say, Hey, I'm the safety director, you know, coming from some other area. And, uh, Oh, by the way, we got this jacket for you, you know, and your name's on it, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's a safety award. And then that went to, um, you know, not seeing the guy again, you know? Uh, so I think, you know, back in the nineties, uh, it was early nineties. It was just safety wasn't that much, mm-hmm. you know, you, I mean, there wasn't any really, I mean, no, you I had agree. some, um, and then early before that in the eighties where the places where I worked, it was totally off limits, you yeah. know? And, and, uh, so I always had a sense of how are we going to take care of the people? You know, I mean, still to this day, I tell my, my office staff, I mean, the guys work, guys and gals working in the field and they're sweating and they're, they're freezing and working in, you know, any inclement weather, these are the people that are doing a deal, you know, and uh, it's easy for us to sit back in these offices and, and uh, you know, watch outside the window what's going on. But these are the guys entrenching in the, in the, in the, in the ground level stuff. So I think it, at some point it was always with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, Jim Steele, mm-hmm, of course, you yeah. know, so, uh, you know, he, he came into my life and, and uh, we had some conversations about him coming to work for us. Um, and you know, at the time I was like really skeptical. I mean, nobody really had a, a safety director working for them at the time. No, no, certainly um, not subcontract size. No, companies. no. And so he, he really catapulted, uh, safety in our, our organization. And, and I'm, I'll be forever grateful to him for that. But, uh, he said, Hey man, I got this. He talked about VPP and he's always just kind of looking forward to, you know, looking ahead on stuff. And, and so he came in and we went through it and he's like, this is going to be rigorous, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to, I think we had to wait, was it three years before we can even get in the program yeah, or something You like put that? your application in and all of those things have to be in place for a number of years before yeah. you're actually permitted to be accepted. So yeah, there so is a time period. We did that and, uh, you know, I was all on board with it and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, we put some programs in place and then, um, you know, you guys came in mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, and then I had to de- I had to deliver that to the field. Like, this is our culture, right? This is what we're going to do, right. and this is why we're going to do it. And then you got to keep the momentum of that. You got to keep to build a culture. You got to keep kind of talking about it, and you know, doing the things that you do. And so, 
when you guys came in, it was like, holy shit, man, these guys are in. This is real. Yeah. <laughs> these guys, we actually invited these clowns in here. <laughs> I know. That's what and, everybody says when we show up. Yeah, man. And so, you know, and, and so we went down that road and, and it's been, it, it was really, really good. And, um, you know, we were proud of it. I think we were the, actually the second um, mobile workforce okay. uh, in, in the program in the country, which, you know, helped us a lot. We were doing a lot of medical stuff back then. And mm-hmm. so we were actually working with uh, uh, some local uh, hospitals around here trying to develop their programs and mm-hmm. things. So uh, it was it was really good because we were giving back a lot of stuff. And so I, that's really what I saw come out of it. Um, it really get, you know got us a, a, a kind of a road into talking to other people. And, you know, a lot of people didn't know what VPP was. Oh, of course, yeah. And, and uh, from the GC side, they knew, but they didn't really know what the, the, the interior system or the mobile workforce was. Mm-hmm. So it was a big deal, man. I mean, shit, we had freaking governor come out and shit. Oh, yeah? That was a big deal, a huge was like, deal. I was like, you know, Secret Service was coming <laughs> in my shop, and I was like, what, yeah, what's going it on? Was, yeah, it was a big you deal, know? man. Very Well, I was impressed and very proud because um, – all of those companies, I had the opportunity to work with most of the VPP companies in Nebraska, and it's just different. You can, when you go into one of those companies, you you can just sense the difference, the the culture that you mentioned. There's just an attitude. There's just this overlying um, interest in the well-being of the employees that you don't always see. I, I don't see that to this day. I don't see that all that often, truthfully. Yeah. And like you said, I think to some degree. As much as we would like to believe we have some control over this, it is truly just the nature of that leadership. If, if it's in you to care about people, which you've described, all, I mean, if that's in you, then it's going to be reflected in the way you run your business and yeah. you conduct operations. And I'm not, not suggesting that the people that don't see that aren't good people, but it just, you know, it's not necessarily on the surface for them or whatever. I, I rarely go into a business that has a great safety program where that leadership isn't just concerned about humanity to some degree. You know, it's, there's a correlation there, obviously. Yeah. And so, um, but the mechanics of it can be challenging. What, what were the obstacles? I mean, in a trade like yours, I would imagine the guys were a little bit reluctant, or were they on board? I mean, did you have trouble selling this? I think yeah, it's been a while ago, but uh, I think that, yeah, there, there definitely was. I, I think what really helped us at that time was, there were some big contractors in town that came into town to do some work and they're, they were starting to implement policies like uh, fall protection, gloves, safety glasses, uh, full time. Right. And then of course you had the lifts and um, you know, working on a lift and I don't think uh, harnesses were on the lift at that point, but they started putting into their contracts, these front ends that required you to do that. So Mm -hmm. drug testing was another one, you know, uh, required drug testing. So, I think part of that really helped us um, to say, hey, if we want to do these projects, you know, we have to do this stuff. Right. And so that was good. And I'm sure we went through some disciplinary action stuff. And, you know, uh, you know, Jim was really good about, you know, kind of being the liaison from safety and then explaining things. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think it's important that you, you have to be a learning organization at the same time. So if you're doing safety, it's not it's not um, compliance safety. Right. It's safety as an overall, and it's a learning. So if you're if you're not doing something right, why aren't you doing this right? And right. let's do it this way. It is the process. It is and the process. safety is just a part of that process. Right, right. And I think, you know, today we're going even further than that. The health side of things, stretch and bends, and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So, mm-hmm. but I think that uh, you know, uh, 
again, I think we probably had some issues. But, uh, and, and, you know, there's a level of disciplinary actions too, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. So I think uh, we did a good job with, you know, creating those levels. And when you get to the level of, hey, like we got a thing called career decision days, right? So if you have write-ups, and we've told you a couple times, then you're probably going to get a career decision day. And that is, you know, one to three days, you know, you go home for a day or go home for three days, depending on the, 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 the gravity of the hazard. And, uh, you know, think about it. Think about what you're doing here. And, mm-hmm. and uh, y- y- if you want to continue to work for us, the, the next day they're supposed to call, or the day they come back, they call me and say, hey, you know, this is why I want to come back and this is what I've learned from it and so on. So, um, and I think that's important and I think that's worked uh, just because we do want them to go home safely. Mm-hmm. We don't want the guys that are going to, you know, come in and, and uh, you know, just be, you know, creating unsafe acts all the time. Sure. You know, I don't want to be talking to somebody's family when somebody's not there. Right. And I know that's extreme, but that's really what we're talking about yeah, here. Ultimately. You know, yeah. I do not want to be in front of somebody's wife and kids saying, hey, your dad or your mom's not coming home mm-hmm. today. Yeah, that would be horrible, man. And uh, Yeah, we don't want that. No. So I think that that's – and we try to express that. Mm-hmm. Right, we try to have that in our foreman's meetings and express that, that extreme, mm-hmm. right? Because any uh, any incident that you deal with, you're you could come to that extreme at some point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, don't want to go down that road. Right. I mean, even near misses, any of those minor incidents, they could certainly become worse. Yep. You know, they, maybe we were fortunate that they were just minor. There are a lot of things that go into that. I do think that's interesting. The career decision day, I I like that approach because. At some point, you know, we have these rules for a reason. Hopefully, we've communicated them to you, you know, what they are and why. And then it's up to you to decide, is this where I want to work? I mean, am I willing to follow the rules as they've been explained to me, or am I not? And uh, But that's how it, that's a condition of working here, so we have to be on the same page. Right. I, think, I think a lot of companies struggle with that. I see a lot of companies where they are just not – they're just, they tell me all the time, Doug, I can't get the guys to comply. They won't wear their safety glasses. They won't do this. They won't do that. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, first of all, I mean, have, have we clearly communicated what those expectations are? Do they know what we want from them? And then we just have to hold them accountable for it. I mean, hold all of ourselves accountable for it. So yeah, uh, maybe it isn't the right fit. You know, maybe it, someplace it, else would be better. Yeah, and I think that... Uh Part of our job is to look out for our employees. I mean, mm-hmm. that's right. We got to provide a safe and healthy workplace for them. Yeah. And um, I don't think that they understand that. They they think we're coming down on them, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, we and the other side of it is production. So we're a production driven company. So of you got to produce. Of course. Right. You got to run a business. But uh, yeah, you have to. You know, you got to look out for their common welfare, and and uh, and some of them don't look out for their own common welfare. So you become yeah. responsible to do that for them. Yeah, you that's know? challenging. And. Um, you know, it, you know, we got, you know, first year guys and second year guys and even some of the older guys, you know, we've had some incidents where they just made bonehead decisions and yeah, it is what it is. And that does happen, man. It, it does. It happens to all of us. Yep. Yep. So, so, so what, what, what would you say um, if you were talking to a, another contractor who's not doing this, um, you know, they've come up with reasons why it doesn't work for them or they can't do it. I hear lots of excuses all the time why, would, why they can't do that. They don't have the time or whatever that might be. Is, um, what have you done that you think really worked well? I mean, you know, what was it about Jim for one, th- you know, maybe that worked with the guys or what kind of programs have you driven that seemed to the guys respond to well? Mm-hmm. 
and what doesn't work. And we, we talked about a little bit about that before we started talking. There, there are some things that just don't work with the trade guys, frankly, and I've seen that myself. So mm-hmm. any advice that you would give, positive or negative? I would say at some point, if, if you're not doing it it's and you're not seeing, you know, people don't do things because um, they don't have a reason why. Mm-hmm. So don't wait for a reason why, right? And that is, don't wait for an incident to happen until you That's look back advice. and go, hey, man, uh, we probably should have done this. Once mm-hmm. you start doing your root cause or, you know, your reflection. So, you know, be proactive with it. And, you know, I get it, man. I was, it started out and I was, you know, I slept at, I slept in my office, you know, a few times because I was working and then estimating and different, different things. So there is a point in time that you're just so focused on growing your company but then you reach this point of you got employees. And right. once you reach the point that you have employees, now you become responsible. Mm-hmm. You just signed up for mm-hmm. responsibility of other people, whether it be paychecks, safety, whatever. So what does that mean? Well, it means you're going to either have to have a third-party safety guy. You have to do your safety. Your HR is going to do your safety, whatever. But, you know, put that stuff in play. And OSHA's got programs that they can, mm-hmm. you know, participate in, and they'll come out to your facility. Um, so look into those programs. I mean – you know, the biggest thing about safety and just owning a company is balance. You have to find a balance. So, you know, look at your, look at your schedule and your time management and find time to, to do those things, right? And find time to do this, uh, this p- uh, particular topic of safety. So, um, and that, once you get that program established, which you should have already, it's, I think it's a requirement actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, once you have that program established, then, you know, start to network. You know, I know you got some good stuff going and, network with people. Um, you know, some of the things that worked for us, I think I, I really truly believe in, you know, we, so we do pre-placement physicals, mm-hmm. right? And so we're trying to, you know, get a, a measurement of where everybody's at when they first come in and to see if they can do the job. Right. You know, right. don't look back and say, well, this person can't lift 60 pounds. You know, mm-hmm. that's why they're injured, you know, mm-hmm. so find out if they can actually do the job. So we send them in for pre- pre-placement physicals and we, in the pre-placement physical, we have them do inside the physical, the things that we do in, the, in our training. It trades. simulates the work. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be yeah. reflective but, of the work that they do. Yeah, Absolutely. they lift drywall. They squat. They, they um, um, do some overhead lifts mm-hmm. and, and, you know, put, put boxes on, on top of a shelf that is a certain poundage. And, and so, um, you know, that's the first step. And if they pass that, then, okay, then we're on the road. And then, you know, the orientations, you know, what do we do here? What's, what's, what do we expect of you and what should you right. expect of us, right? Um, and then we have this thing called early intervention, which um, it sounds like an open checkbook, but it really hasn't been taken mm-hmm. advantage of. And I think some of it now you see the GCs doing it like we have medical facilities on site. Right, right. But an early intervention is this, man. If you feel some, some type of pain in your shoulder, if you're just like, man, something's not right, it's not to the point of, man, I'm injured, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. something's not right. So then they go to early intervention and they'll see a physical therapist and the physical therapist will, you know, give them some stretches or, or, uh, you know, might mm-hmm. ibuprofen or whatever that's going to be. And, um, and then, you know, we can get that, that injury kind of mitigated in the beginning to where it's not, you know, if, if, you it's know, a higher injury in the, in right, the right. latter part. So, right. that's another thing that we're doing. That, that's um, a big deal. It is a big deal. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, they got these, some of these big jobs have medical facilities mm-hmm. on site, and I think that's great, too, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's helped. That's cool. 
Yeah. And, and um, so one of the things that we talked briefly about before we started actually recording was, um, <laughs> and, and I see this all the time, um, and, and again, this is not intended to ever be disparaging, but if you are a safety person, there, there has to be a certain amount of trust and credibility with the crew, with the employees. I have gone in just, you know, third-party guy off the street, trying to address a crew of guys, and they look at me like, who the hell are you, you mm -hmm. know? And you have to gain some trust. You have to, there is a certain amount of humility necessary because I, I don't know what they do. I don't know the work that they do. Um, I've, I can barely swing a hammer, frankly. I did go to college, and look what it did to me. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. I have no skills whatsoever, you know? So I think we do have to gain some trust and credibility, and one of the, one of the things that I see frequently, and, and we've talked about this, is that People that are a little bit new to the profession, I, I think they misjudge their their title with credibility. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to earn that or you have to at least admit sometimes that you, maybe you don't know yeah. as much as you. And I think that's really an important piece of this, and I, I know that that can be a struggle. I think yeah. that's kind of what Jim was good. Jim Steele is good. He's a very humble guy. Yeah. He knows what he knows, and he knows what he doesn't know, and that helps. Yeah, and I think that it, it goes with anything you do if you're new at it. You know, it's you got to have some sense of humility. Um, if you come in there just a wrecking ball, you know, I'm the guy, and this is it. You have to uh, – that's not going to work. It's not going to work with anything. And so, you know, uh, reaching out and, and saying, hey, listen, and, and just saying, hey, I don't know. I don't know everything, um, but so I need your help. You know, and I think that's the that's that point of humility that says to the guys or gals, um, you know, because we do have women working mm -hmm. for us. It's become a part of our trade now. But the guys and gals, you know, it's just say, hey, I don't know everything. So if you can help me help you, then that Absolutely. I would appreciate that. And and um, I think that it's going to gain you not 100 percent respect, but mm -hmm. it's going to give you some respect. Right. You're going to get those guys out there. They're going to challenge you. Oh, yeah. And we want them to do that. You know, yeah. you know, if you know what you're, you know, if you're new coming into this, you know, as a, as a safety person, um, we want you in, but you got to serve your time. Right. You know what I mean? Just like everything right. there else. There is dues to be paid. Yeah. You got to serve your time, man. And, and, um, unfortunately some of that is, uh, uh, you know, bumps and bruises along the way that you're going to have to, sure. you know, you're just going to have to suck it up, you know, and, and, uh, and take it and. And uh, and learn from your experiences. I mean, that's that's life in general, right? Yeah, it is. But uh, you know, it's um, we find that it uh, if we're patient and we work with people. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, you know, just working with people and sharing experiences. I've been, you know, we've got so much experience in our office in our field that uh, it, you know, to be able to share that to that next generation. That's what we want to do. That's mm -hmm. our passion, and to see the people that would accept that and then move on, I think that's when you start to see more respect, right? Mm -hmm. If they can actually, you know, digest it and you can see that they're digesting it. Right. Um, even if you're a foreman and you're challenging a guy and then the next job he's acting differently or looking mm -hmm. at different things or maybe being more proactive about something, right. that foreman's going to see that. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he'll lay off you a little bit. Do you, do you do <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Do you do some kind of uh, mentoring? I mean, when you bring new guys in, do you – have the uh, senior guys looking after them or teach? Is there a, a weighted, a method for that? Is that just inherent to the process? So we're not as good as I'd like us to be. 
you know, and that's, that's all, you know, all areas. Um, we do set up, you know, 30, 60, 90, 120, and then annual stuff. And then we're pretty close, so we're always So you're actually checking in with the guys over those periods or oh, something? Oh, yeah. Or? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's and good. And so, like, um, you know, new people, we'll meet every – we'll set up maybe a six-week program with them, and then after that we'll meet every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, tell them, hey, listen, let me know if there's an issue that comes up that I need to know about, you know. Yeah. So I think from that perspective, we do a good job with that. Um, you're just not throwing them out there and good luck? No. Cause that, that's a – Recipe for disaster, man. Well, that's kind of like I said from, you know, you know, if you don't have a safety program, you're going to you're going to pay your dues so, at some point. So you might as well be proactive and lay out a plan and spend time on that plan rather than spend time on it when something happens. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Um, so we, we I guess I think we do a good job with that from our from mm-hmm. our office staff. And we're trying to do a better job with that, with the, the field side of things, mm-hmm. with apprentices and journeymen. Yeah. Well, you you guys do a lot of stuff. I mean. I think people mistakenly limit what this employee wellness world is, like safety and health. We kind of think about the OSHA stuff, you know, the occupational safety and health, you know, like you said, the fall protection, excavation safety, whatever those things are. But there's a lot more that goes into this employee well-being piece. I mean, you mentioned like your fitness center for your employees, the stretching and, and prep before the shift starts, those kind of things. I mean, that's... This is the way that this has evolved over the last five, ten years. I see that more and more, but it seems to be a pretty important piece. I'm glad you brought it up, really, um, because safety is just not safety. Safety, you got your safety, health, and wellness. Mm-hmm. And um, we're actually kind of covering that right now with some people um, as, a, as a whole. You know, we do have the gym, and a lot of my uh, – you know, office staff use that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it comes, it, it's good because it's a stress reliever. And the one thing I've learned in business is you have to have some type of stress relief. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I used to, you know, do that secondary. And, um, and I've had some guys, unfortunately, like, I had to go pick them up from a job site, man, because they were sitting in a freaking corner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's, that's the extreme that I've seen. And, and, uh, you know, our, whether you're working in the field or working in the office, stress is stress, man. And it, right. it, it doesn't care how it's going to grab you. And uh, so, uh, you know, the gym, the gym thing's one thing. And you get camaraderie and there's all kinds of stuff. You know, guys are, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, jiving each other or whatever mm-hmm. they're doing. And and, um, and from the field side of things, the stretch and bend, you know, that's p- kind of part of the whole, you know, Strain-related injury, you know, mm-hmm. which is good. Right. So we're always proactive. Looking, yeah, we're always looking at that, but that seems to be like that's the standard now. Mm-hmm. You know, we want that to be the standard. So do we just do it in the morning, or depending on what we're doing, do we do it at lunch and maybe at two thirty, three times a day? So that's kind of a standard. But I think that really, that really, what I want to focus on is, you know, what are you doing after work? What are you doing to to, to you know, work with your you know mental state when mm-hmm. you go home? What are you mm-hmm. doing with it? You know what I mean? Because Let's be honest, man. We, we deal with a lot of stress and pressure. You Absolutely. Know, my guys, you know, the guys in the office, they're working 10, 12 hours a day. The guys in the field, they're, they're you know, working with schedules and delays oh, and, yeah. and GCs and, and owners that are, you know, getting more and more Very aggressive. Demanding. Oh, my yeah. gosh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, we want to know, we want to at least relay, you know, in our toolbox topics, you know, what are you, you, know, what are you doing? I don't care if it's gardening or walking mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. but, you know, do something. You know, get some endorphins right. moving. Right. Um, 
you know, this, uh, I won't get into <laughs> some, some other stuff, but right. You but know, no, you're right, man. And, uh, everybody has to kind of find their own avenue for that, yeah. whatever that, I mean, and the camaraderie piece is interesting that you say that because, you know, we also hang out together over at Aaron's place and, mm-hmm. um, there is a certain camaraderie that you get at a at a facility at a gym or whatever that is that you don't necessarily get in the I mean you get plenty of camaraderie in the work environment but it is different it's a more relaxed environment and there is a you know I mean I, I'm way past my prime man so you know <laughs> I, I go over there mostly just to you know just to uh, hang out as much as anything yeah but but there is a certain calm that you get from having that group to associate with. So whatever that is, I mean, I I think that is one piece that has been overlooked for a long time. You know, the mental health and particularly we've talked about this on the podcast. The last year has been stressful in so many ways, man, people's families and livelihoods and all of the, you know, the, uh, the restrictions and things have been so, it's really hard to quantify how significant that has been on some of our coworkers and friends. Yeah. And so if we're, if we're overlooking that piece, I think we're making a mistake. Yeah, I would agree, man. I think that, uh, you know, when you look at health and wellness, you, you, you talk about, this is my opinion, but you, you know, you talk about, you know, physical exercise or doing something, like I said, if it's gardening or whatever your hobbies are. Um, but you know, like for us, being at work, you know, being at work is extremely important to me. I think that <clears throat> working from home for us would not work. Of course. And yeah. the reason why I say that is because you don't know how you're going to affect somebody's life that day, right? Mm-hmm. If you got a, if you got a, uh, you know, a guy or a gal that's struggling at home and, you know, maybe they're living alone and, you know, your head starts talking, you know, just mm-hmm. weird shit to you mm-hmm. and, and, um, you know, you go into work and, and somebody says hi to you. Hey, how's it going? You look great today. Mm-hmm. That can change your whole perspective it on can. the life, right? Yeah. And, um, and that could change, a, you know, a lot of things yeah. you know, to extreme. And, uh, and so I just think we need that interaction and, and um, you know, talking with people gets you out of yourself sometimes and, and uh, being around people. And it just changes your whole perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things that we're working on with our foreman. Um, we're sending them with it. So we, we do, we work with a facility or a consulting group called FMI mm-hmm. and, uh, they've been with us for probably 15 years now mm-hmm. and they do all our consulting and they do a lot of training too. So we, we working with all of our uh, foremen and our managers and we're sending them to, uh, uh some leadership deals in nice. Colorado. And, and, uh, so they spend, they go up in the mountains and they spend three or four days up there and they, uh, they talk about, they, you know, themselves and they mm-hmm. do a 360 review on them and, and, um, um, they meet with a counselor and they just say, Hey, you know, this is, this is you, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, I've got some feedback and you know, this is you, you're an asshole. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Yeah, as long as we all know. Yeah. So, you know, what are you, what do you do about it? Well, be less of an asshole, yeah, you know, and that's good uh, advice. But, uh, I think that's fantastic, man. Have the guys responded well to it? They have. And I've got some guys, you know, construction brings all kinds of guys and, different you know from different environments so i've got some guys that are pretty hard guys you mm-hmm. know and and uh mm-hmm. and um they don't want to show any vulnerability or they don't want to no they just want you you know no kinks in the armor do your job you know right and uh, so we're trying to get those guys to understand that hey lighten up just a little bit and mm-hmm. going back to the health side of things and the, the mental state of people 
you know, say hi to somebody. Mm-hmm. How you doing, man? How's how's your family? Mm-hmm. What'd you do this weekend? Get some dialogue to some Just conversation. Check in with them a little bit. Yeah, man. And that t- yeah. that could mean the world to somebody. Yeah. You know? No hey, doubt. maybe I am important. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and uh, that could that could shut off some switches in this guy's mind that he was mm-hmm. thinking about that he doesn't think to think about anymore. And and uh, maybe that makes his day go a lot better. And and yeah. so I think that's important. You know, I think that I those too, are the man. things in the construction that we need to focus and, on. And and I think the construction sector in particular has probably been slow to come to that realization because, as you mm-hmm. said, these are tough, hard guys oftentimes, at least on the exterior, yeah. and they don't want to show those vulnerabilities or weaknesses as they perceive them perhaps. And so, like you said, just do your job. You know, Shut up, get back to work, do your job. You won't have any problem with me. Mm-hmm. We were talking yesterday, um, Aaron and I, in fact, were at a, at a group, and we were talking about just – the value of knowing your employees' names, to be able to call them by name, you know, yeah. or their nickname or whatever. I, I can remember two scenarios. I'll, sh- I'll try to keep them short. <laughs> I, I worked for a company in town here called Terracon Consultants for a few years before I started with OSHA, just right after my wife and I had moved back to town. And, and we joked the, um, the vice president, one of the vice presidents, was officed here in Omaha. And we, I would walk into the building, walk down the hall, walk past him. Good morning, sir. Don, how you doing this morning? Uh, my name's Doug, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every morning. Don, how's it going? Very well, sir. Thank you for asking. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I was like, God damn it, really? You can't even remember my name. I've been working for you for three years. Yeah. You don't. I'm, we're four doors away. Our offices were literally on the same hallway. Yeah. But when I was working for the Department of Defense, I was nobody. I was an entry-level industrial hygienist, and I did some work for, um, I was contracted to do work for DFAS, the Defense Finance and Accounting Service. And the guy that ran DFAS was probably the highest-ranking federal government employee in the entire state of Ohio. And I would go do service for his people. He had about 10,000 people in Columbus. I would do work for them. And then I would report to him, you know, what my findings and recommendations were. And he knew my name. And every time I saw him in the hallway, he would ask, hey, Doug, how's it going? Yeah. I mean, there wasn't even a way to measure how far below this guy I was, but he remembered my name. I would have done... You know, if the guy had asked me to, you know, work late, any come in on the weekend, you would have done it because yeah. sometimes it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Isn't so, that crazy, though? I'll be interested to see how your guys respond to this. I think that's fantastic, and I, I hope they um, appreciate it and benefit from it because I, that could really yeah. be good for the company. I got one guy in particular. He's He's a pretty boisterous guy, and he's like – and I was soft on that guy. I just wanted you to know. <laughs> so he's now proud of his new, oh, yeah. his new like, demeanor. Yeah. And we give re- we just had our annual reviews with I all of our guys. I didn't choke him for very long. Yeah, right? We just had our annual reviews with all our guys, and, and uh, that was one of his comments, you know. And so I'm doing a lot better, right? Yeah, you're doing fine, man. <laughs> you're doing fine. But that's awesome. I mean, he, at least he recognizes it. He yeah. understands it. It'll probably be hard for him. So it's a big change for a guy like that. Yeah, it is. And and I I don't know, man. It's just to watch that culture evolve too is kind of is good, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of out of the you know, why didn't you show up for work today role, yeah, that's but not you, you know, right. but uh you know, to see this culture evolve, that's kind of where my job is now is to build that culture, make sure that culture maintains. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I want feedback and uh so far it's working and uh but Good. we've had a couple guys, man, that uh, <laughs> it's funny. They go up there and they come back 
And uh, two weeks later, they have a safety incident. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell, man? You know, well, they're too soft. All of a sudden, they're just like, something, man. So, oh my god, just bonehead stuff. But yeah, it's just life, you know. It is, man. But uh, I mean, it, it we we have to be continuously moving forward. There has to be continuous improvement, or we become complacent. If you're not moving forward, you're almost regressing in this world, you know. Yeah. So, it it is an ongoing process, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, whole well, industry. So, what else you got going on? Uh, business is good. Business is it's it's good. Yeah, we've we've been very fortunate. And uh, are you working for some of the big projects around here, the unnameable projects, or do you do any? We are. Work? Yeah, we are. Are they as unpleasant <laughs> as they sound? I mean, code names and you know, no, lots I, of lots of rules. I'll be honest with you, man. We we like those projects. You? you know, the the culture is a big thing in our in our company. So, mm-hmm. um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we hire people that they think the same you know mm-hmm. and so when we get on a project like that we we love it because that is our culture that's we need discipline we need structure uh, we like schedules you know we like you know we like meetings we like communication so we don't have that is we're, we're like fish out of water yeah. you know my guys are like calling like this guy doesn't have a, a superintendent on site, you know, mm-hmm. or this guy's not watching this and these guys got holes all over the place. So he's spending more damn time writing his daily reports because yeah. shit's not right. Right. Where those jobs, it's, it's who we are, yeah. you know? So we, we really like those that jobs. Makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. So we're, yeah, we're working on those projects and you know, good. You always get a new name, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a new name for those projects. I remember like, I, I got a call from uh, the one down on 144th, South 144th, the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the safety guys on site called me and asked me if I would come down and just do a quick industrial hygiene assessment. They had some concerns about something. And I said, yeah, man, I'd be happy. I'd known him before. We'd worked together for many years. I'd, I'd be happy to come down. And then his guy sent me the 38 pages of paperwork to fill out before yeah. I could come on to the project. And I said, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to make it. You know, yeah. I don't have the time to fill out 38 pages of paperwork to come to. I know it's yeah. part of the deal. And, 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 and I, I do appreciate the fact that those things are well orchestrated and there is a system in place and that has to make life easier for guys like you. So yeah, there that, is. That helps. It's, it's very and, challenging. And, it, and it really highlights when you don't have that now, when you've seen – that good orchestration, that good system and process in place, like you said, when you're on a job where that doesn't exist, I'm sure it is really emphasized that this is probably not right. We we experienced that last year. Yeah, we had uh, we had a full time safety guy. One of that's one of the requirements have a full time mm-hmm. safety guy on site, and and uh, we had pocket JHAs. Let's use that mm-hmm. as an example, right? And uh, we don't have pocket JHAs outside of that facility, which now we do. We actually mm-hmm. implement it outside. Oh, nice. Because our safety guy that was working on the site is like, you guys are screwed up, man. <laughs> you know, you're not doing it. You're not right, doing it right. right. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, so he brought up a good point. So he's like, we got to get, we got to get JHAs and all this stuff. And I'm just going, God, do we, do we do this? You know, and so we did it, and uh, you know, we we're doing it. Good. And so it's uh, we got to have that culture, not just on that site, which you know we've been guilty of, and then. Um, we got to carry that culture throughout. We're starting to permeate everything. Yeah, that's yeah, it important. has to. Yeah, know. that is important. Has to. I think it would be hard to switch it on and off on certain projects. Yeah, and, and that's good. And for the guy's perspective or the field people's perspective, you can't have a foreman running a job site, and then you know these people go to a next job site and it's different. You know, right? That's where you run into problems from a culture side. 
So they got to know that when they leave one site to the next, they, they, as an employee, you can expect the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, this, the, the, have the same expectations from the mm-hmm. foreman. So I think that's important. I think as an outsider looking in, I think that is one of the biggest challenges within the industry is, you know, that inconsistency from GC to GC. You're working on certain GC's projects, and you know that these are the rules, and you're going to be held accountable, and everything is going to be process-driven. And then you go to other GCs, or at least historically we've had that case where it's just not like that's, you know, very lax. There are really no rules. And I think that that has made it very challenging across the board, you know, in the industry. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, that, you know, sites are starting to adopt mm-hmm. these same practices. I think once we have that consistency, that'll eliminate a lot of the problems. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I agree, it's, it's still... It's still lacking, but there is, is definitely an influx of, you know, GCs doing the same mm-hmm. things, you That's know, good. and um, and I think that just comes with their side of competition. If they're yeah. going to compete on a project, they need to do what you know the other guys are selling, right? I bring the same value to the table. Are, so. are you? Are you, I, I know we're re- running out of time here, or maybe we're not. I don't know. Yeah, what been, do we got here? We've been going doing? for a while, which is pretty good. But I do want to ask you one thing: Are you guys, and you probably are. Um, do you do you have to go through the pre qualification processes? Some of these different um, the the IS net or the uh, what is it approve or these different for the GCs and yeah, the clients for oh, the yeah. GCs. You go through all of that. Has that become more more commonplace the last few years on the project we're working on? Yeah, mm-hmm. which is I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got so much competition out there that uh, it kind of brings everybody on the same page. Right. You know, it's the financial information, safety, mod rates, incident right. rates. Right. Um, just you know. information they can use to pre-qualify you as either acceptable or not acceptable right. for that job. Yep. Maybe flag you on some kind mm-hmm. of red, yellow, green. Uh, or I think that's inevitably going to be the case for everyone. And so, you know, some of those smaller contractors that aren't doing some of these things are going to be challenged by that at some point. Yeah. And I think if you're small, um, there's ways to get around it. I mean, one of the things is just say, hey, I don't have this, but I want to have this. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to start somewhere. You mm-hmm. don't just come out just guns a blazing. But right. uh, I think that you know, uh, I've seen contractors wanting to work with other people, and so you know, just saying, "Hey, I don't have this right now, but I either what do I need to do to get there so I can work towards it, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe I can get there during your project, right. or whatever, you right. know." So I think that that's. Uh, I guess the, if doable. there's a willingness, it's possible to get those guys yeah moving in the right direction if you got the hard drive if you got the drive dude you can yeah. make anything happen you absolutely know? so yeah but uh, yeah very good man you got plans for the weekend or <laughs> that you want to share with the rest of us <laughs> i've got listeners in albania now oh, so wow, nice. you want to share over there what, what you got going on this weekend or are you just actually i was going to do some work around the house but with the rain it kind of shut that down but yeah. uh, I'll get some work in this weekend. I, I like to use the weekends to catch up, you oh, know, yeah, man. and uh, absolutely get some training in tomorrow and good and, uh, you know, just kind of hang out, man. Oh, good. So we're supposed to have people over tomorrow. It's supposed to be rainy, I think. Is it? My wife is still uh, sit on the deck in sit on the deck mode. We don't actually allow people into our house just oh, yet, man. which is interesting. Uh, myself included, oftentimes. Yeah. And so, you know, we invite people over, then we sit out on the deck, and we'll have a drink or something to eat or something, and uh, rain or shine. I mean, so it might be 45 degrees and snowy, but if we're, we're sitting out on the deck, <laughs> I'm like, can't we go into the basement? You know, we can we can distance. No, we're on the deck, so we'll see how that goes. Man. Yeah. My weekends are pretty boring, actually. I just kind of hang out. But, uh, 
That's just what spend some, supposed to be. Yeah, I'm spending some time in Arizona here. Go down there pretty soon, but good. You know, very good. And still, the boys are good. Yeah, man, boys are good. Boys yeah. are boys. Yeah, that's nice. A couple doing their thing, and then of course Matt's coming in. He's doing his thing. So good. We talked about doing some swimming, actually. Really? Yeah. Have you, did you swim? Uh, I am not a swimmer, and I'm a, actually a, a poor swimmer. I don't swim well, but I had some back injuries at one time, and they put me in the pool to to rehabilitate. You know, kicking and paddling, stroke. You know, swimming and yeah. And so I appreciate the benefits of swimming. Yeah, they helped. It helped. Swimming's crazy, man. You know, um, I listened to David Goggins. Right? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Lo- I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's he's good, and he's so an animal. That's kind of my genre of stuff, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, he, he kind of opened my eyes about swimming, and I've always been a good swimmer, you Have know, you? but, like, freestyle swimming and, and actually learning what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing that last year, and, and uh, I'm, so I was working with this gal uh, down at uh, one of the facilities. I don't remember the name of it, but I'm swimming. So I'm going at noon, and I'm like, I'm going to swim. And so she teaches, she's like, do this. And there's no really way to teach somebody how to swim than just go swim. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? You can't simulate on the, on the ground for Yeah. Long. But uh, so I was doing that, and and uh, you know she's uh, she went back to college. I, I found out she was cause she was like a freshman in oh, college. She's like, I'm going to college. I don't know what you want to do. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> anyway, so I was doing that. But uh, me, Matt and I talked about going doing some of that this weekend. Just getting nice. back into it. It's like triathlon type uh, objective, or what do you think? That doesn't interest me, man. I, Running sucks. Yeah, running is no good. Yeah, running I can, is no good. I I can hike, run like I'm in the desert. I like to. Right, like, I know you do that. Like you know, go on a uh, you know a long uh, run. You know, mm-hmm. talked about we were supposed to do a forty miler uh, mm-hmm. in was it Utah? No, Washington, mm-hmm. and then COVID canceled that because you yeah. know COVID's in the mountains. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Above eight thousand feet, it's really bad. Yeah, out here. yeah. So, but we were gonna we were training for a forty miler, and uh, that kind of got canceled. So, um, we need to kind of get back on track for that. But yeah, that's cool. The swimming thing, man, is just it's really about control, and you know, breath control, breath control, and composure, mm-hmm. and then you throw some elements in it, which I really didn't know how much this would affect me. But when you're in the pool and you go from the shallow end to the deep end. And when you're like looking down at the deep end and mm-hmm. you just kind of mentally, it just changes your perspective. Right. You're like, holy fuck, this is I'm deep. in the drowning territory <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and I'm tired too, <laughs> you know? Yep. But, uh, I totally get that. Man. It's, uh, you know, being in waters, uh, it's very natural. It is natural. I mean, it's natural for us. I mean, but it's not natural to breathe underwater. Well, not yet. Uh, yeah. That's coming probably. Yeah. You I, know. I try not to. Yeah. So. You know, we'll do some of that. That's awesome. Anything I can do to challenge the brain, you know. Yeah, that's, that's cool, what I'm man. I'm interested in. So well, good. Well, hey, man, thanks again for coming. Thank you for your sponsorship. I sincerely appreciate it, and um, we intend to just keep pushing out information and doing good things. So, yeah, absolutely, man. We're thanks to Fallowich Construction Services, John Fallowich, and CCS Group, and the Nebraska Department of Labor Onsite Consultation Group. Guys, thank you very much. Have a great weekend, man, and I'm sure I'll see you over at the gym. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.